Morning, everyone. Welcome back. We continue with our uh, Sunday morning breakfast and learn program. And uh, we're one week into Elul. Believe it or not, one week into Elul. And uh, that means three weeks till Rosh Hashanah. Two weeks till Slichus. Two weeks from last night is Slichus. Three weeks from today is there of Rosh Hashanah. But we're going to talk about this morning is our breakfast and learn program. So let's go weiter over here in Hashem's Holy Torah. There's a very, very, very interesting discussion in the Parsha that we just read yesterday, Parsha Shaiftim, which needs to be parametized, I think. It needs to be explored because it's something that's pretty relevant. And that is the mitzvah of listening to the sages. Yes, everyone knows there's a mitzvah, Vasisa Kchol Asher Yerucha, you got to do whatever the sages tell you, whatever the rabbis tell you. It's in Shaiftim. Let's read this together. Um, you listen to the sages, listen to the um, to the rabbanim and the chachamim. Whatever they tell you to do, you have to listen to the chachamim. And this is talking about you know when you have a question in halacha, when you need to get a psak. So the, the Chachamim of that generation will tell you what to do. Based on the Torah that they teach you. Based on the Halacha that they teach you. Do not, veer, do not deviate from whatever the Chachamim tell you. Do not deviate. And Rabbi Isai, no. This, this morning's Breakfast and Learn program was not just a, a, uh, a ploy to get everyone together for a photo shoot. I had no idea about this, okay? I did not arrange this. This is, I'm just as surprised as you guys are. Do not think that we're getting there this morning just to take pictures and photos. It is exciting to be in photos. Who knows where we're gonna, our pictures going to end up? Maybe we're going to be in the New York Times. Maybe Hamodia. Maybe the National Enquirer. Maybe National Geographic. I don't really know. But please, we're here for a breakfast and learn program. Um, I would encourage everyone to look like you're awake, to look like you're alert, to make sure you don't look like you're falling asleep because your picture may up, end up on the front cover of the Ated. Okay? Um, it's exciting being pictures, but it's more exciting to be together here for the Breakfast and Learn program. So please, everybody, say this. And we have this Baruch Hashem. Every, no, not at all. No, I just don't want them to think that this is what I had. We had some kind of agenda over here. No. We're here to learn this morning. So let's, let's return to, uh, let's return to, um, uh, Loy Saucer. Kechol Rucha. So Terry says you gotta listen to the Chacham. You have to listen to the rabbis. Which, if you think about it, makes sense. The, the Torah is, 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 gives us, Tariyak mitzvahs. Hashem gives us the whole range of the mitzvahs in the Torah, but we want this to be something that's going to last for all generations. And the Torah itself, slash the Rebbeinu Shalayim, knows that you have to have a, a system of enforcing the Torah, a system of maintaining the Torah, a system of keeping the Torah. It, it's 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 um, it's um, authoritativeness in check, and that's always going to be. <clears throat> Uh, enforced and 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 um, applied by the rabbis in every generation. So it makes sense that hand in hand with the Torah, the Torah to keep things um, maintained. Torah has to give us a commandment somewhere to listen to the Chacham. Right? It makes sense. It makes sense because um, Judaism is all about the Torah. The Torah is all about uh, the authority of the Torah, the clarity of the Torah. And we always need to have rabbis, chacham, to consult in every generation. You know, what does the Torah mean over here? What does the Torah mean over there? So um, it would make sense that to keep the system functioning, 
and maintain for the Torah to be a self-sustained and a sustainable system, the Torah itself has to, in a self-referential way, say, listen to the Chacham who instruct you, guide you, and apply the Torah in every generation. And that's the mitzvah in Parshat Shechem. The question is, what are the parameters of this mitzvah? This is what everybody wants to know. When the Torah says, again, Listen to everything they tell you. Listen to everything they tell you. This is what the Torah just said in Yeshayi's Parsha, right? Listen to everything that the rabbis tell you. Two questions have to be asked. A, who are these rabbis that we're talking about? We have two, I'm flanked right now, Baruch Hashem, by two bar mitzvah bachar, right? These guys have performed, me'al me'evra, have performed astoundingly and astonishingly uh, and excellently over the last uh, you know few days and few weeks these, these, these Mr. Bachram have really established themselves as up and coming bright shining stars and members of our community that's right don't get very emotional I'm, I'm serious I'm serious yes I heard the sniffling I heard the sniffling there. yes so let's say David Servaisky decides tomorrow he's not only he's about to feel par excellence not only he knows how to learn he's a rabbi now he decides he's a rabbi he comes back tomorrow with a certificate of smicha. <laughs> and he sets himself up as a rabbi. He starts, you know, okay, come ask me Shilas. I'll pass the Shilas for you guys. I'll tell you what's Asr. I'll tell you what's Mutter. Anyone that, be, that decides that he's a rabbi, you have to listen to? Or let's ask that differently. And this is, does this mitzvah apply just as much nowadays as it applied a thousand years ago, two thousand years ago, three thousand years ago? I mean, the system of Judaism being governed, being governed, and maintained by rabbis, it goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the original rabbi. Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Rabbi, Rabbeinu, Rabbi, it's all the same word. He was the original rabbi. So does this, A, to whom does this mitzvah apply? When we say, Don't deviate from what the sages tell you, from what the rabbis tell you. To whom does it apply? Does it apply equally to modern day, our contemporary Rabbanim, the rabbis that we have, as it applied thousands of years ago, is there a difference? Do we, and if there is a difference, what is that difference dependent on? Where does that kick in? Where historically, would there be a shift in, in whom you have to listen to? So that's the first question. Who do you have to listen to? Somebody shows up and makes himself into a, a again, a rabbi, or even if he, you know, bona fide smicha, he got a smicha from the, you know, rabbanut smicha is actually, you know, pretty impressed. Someone tells you he has smicha from the rabbanut. That's not uh, a political a political statement. It shouldn't be politicized at all. Rabbanut smichas are the hardest smich in the world to, to achieve. You have to know lots of stuff and you have to know all that lots of stuff very, very, very well. So someone who gets, you know, let's say, um, the example earlier of our Bar Mitzvah notwithstanding, someone comes with, with, with bona fide real smich, he knows Shulchan Aruch backwards and forwards. Shas and Paiski knows backwards and forwards. Is he that rabbi that the Torah is talking about that we have to listen to? Or is there some shift in, 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 in terms of the journey of Kleistro through history? And if there is, where would we pin that down? The second question is, again, the Torah says, kind of unequivocally, Listen to everything the rabbis tell you. Everything. Are there limitations over there? The Torah makes it sound like anything they say you got to listen to. Anything they say. Well... What if the rabbis endorse a certain brand of carbonated drink? What if the rabbis say, you're only allowed to have Dr. Pepper by your Shabbos table? The Torah says you have to listen to whatever the rabbis tell you, right? You have to listen to whatever they tell you. Let's say they endorse a certain type of toothpaste. Let's say the Rabbanim say, the Rabbanim say, 
No one's allowed to buy this book. No one's allowed to buy this book. No one's allowed to go to this event. No one's allowed to give money to such and such an organization. Is that included in this? Where, where, where do we draw the line? So we're asking two questions, basically, to try to flesh out the parameters of this mitzvah. Is one of the Mrs. Daraisa. Listen to everything the Chacham, the sages say. The two questions that have to be asked to try to flesh out the parameters are who and what? Who are the Rabbanim that you have to listen to in this mitzvah? And what do you have to listen to uh, 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 from those Rabbanim? Whoever we establish those Rabbanim to be, what do we have to listen to from, from uh, their, again, their sagely advice? As Jay is, 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 is uh, pointing out, and Jay seems to be very much in agreement with it, with this, it seems a little far-fetched to think that if the Rabbanim come out and endorse a certain product, that you have to, now you only have to drink Dr. Pepper when the Rabbanim tell you that? It doesn't make any sense. Either way, we should only be drinking Dr. Pepper, right? Doesn't make any sense that we should own because the Rabbanim said it. Either way, what else would we want to drink? But they endorse a toothpaste. I have to get that toothpaste now. They say cheer for the what? For which football team? Broncos. The Broncos. Cheer for the Broncos. <laughs> so so that, that's, that becomes the team that now you have to cheer for. That's what the Torah is talking about. But again, the Torah says, Kuchol Sheirucham. So these are the two questions. Whom and what? Whom are these rabbis you have to listen to and what do you have to listen to? So well, let's let's break it down in that order. In terms of the whom, who do you have to listen to? It seems to be a major machlaikas rishonim. Um, the the um, um, <clears throat> Rambam and the Ramban start off in the same place. And they start off both by saying that who is the Torah talking about? Who are the Rabbanon that you got to listen to? The Rabbanon that is really what we call the Sanhedrin Agadol. The great Sanhedrin. What's the great Sanhedrin? There's only one of those at any given point in history. The Sanhedrin Agadol, the great Sanhedrin. <clears throat> What's the great Sanhedrin? The one that was that, 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 that convened in the Beis HaMikdash. The Sanhedrin of 71. The Sanhedrin of 71 sages. There was only one of those, and they convened in the Beis HaMikdash. In the Lishchas HaGazas, they had a chamber there on the Temple Mount. And that was called the Sanhedrin HaGadol. And we know that there's the Great Sanhedrin, and there's the Minor Sanhedrin. The Minor Sanhedrin is how, how many people in the Minor Sanhedrin? 23. Those, you had bunches and bunches of those. That's the beginning of, of the parish. The Shoftim over here is the Sanhedrin of 23. So you put that everywhere. The Gemara says even in Chutzla Arts, they would have a, a, they could have a Sanhedrin of 23. And anywhere there's a Jewish community, you have a Sanhedrin of 23. The Sanhedrin of 71, they're given the, the executive decisions to make for Klai Yisrael. When Klai Yisrael should go to war, expanding expanding the state, um, uh, uh, deciding if cities have to be uh, have to be decimated, if we have to destroy Jewish cities in Chazal Though these difficult jobs are given to the Sanhedrin Agado, there's only one Sanhedrin Agado in one place, and this Sanhedrin Agado consisted of seventy one people that received smicha in an unbroken chain that goes back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Which means we don't have the Sanhedrin anymore. It's impossible for this, us to have the Sanhedrin currently because we don't have Musmach and we don't have Smich anymore. And politically, it's difficult for us to get access to the Harabais. The Sanhedrin Agadol only functions when you have 71 people that got Smicha, the real Smicha, that goes back to Meshur Benu, and they're convened there on the Temple Mount, which, uh, good luck with that, right? Good luck getting 71 rabbis. Um, to, to, uh, even when, what? Even when the, the Wakif, 
begrudgingly allows Yidin up to the Harabais, which again, we at any time this comes up, we make gratuitous mentions of the fact that we don't do this, right? Not our Messiah, there's no, we don't, we try not to do this, we don't want to play with the Nisr Kharis. But even when they let Yidin up there, the, 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 the Wakif, um, is always quite clear that, uh, no praying allowed up there, no praying, they don't let Yidin pray, no learning, no religious, so you can, you can go up there, but you can't have to go back down. So certainly, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, um, very likely that politically we'd be able to get away with sending 71 rab- rabbis up to the Harabais to sit in the Lishkas HaGazas area and start passing Shaz. So we don't have them and they can't get up there anyway. Um, the Sanhedrin HaGobo again was 71 Musmochim, 71 recipients of Smicha that were Dapka in the Harabais. If they're not there, they don't have the status of Sanhedrin HaGobo anymore. And according to the Ramban, here, the Ramban al and Pasha Shoftim writes this, and the Rambam in one place says this as well, that who are we, <coughs> who are we talking about that um, you have to listen to unequivocally the Sanhedrin HaGadol, the great Sanhedrin of 71 people. Um, and not only that, this actually, if you read the Psukim, it sounds like this can be, we understand where they're coming from, because what does the Torah say? It says, Listen to whatever the sages tell us, from that place. From that place. What's from that place? Wherever you have rabbis, you have to listen to them. What's from that place? So that place contextually is talking about the Beis HaMikdash. Because it says, um, it's talking, it's contextually, the narrative is talking about someone who goes to the Beis HaMikdash. So sounds like that who has this power, who has this authority of Caesar Kachalashah Yerucha, you have to listen to unequivocally whatever they say, it's after the Sanhedrin of that's in the Harabais. This is what the Ramban says on the That's that's who you have. That's the body that you have to listen to. And um, the um, the uh, Rambam in, in in one place says the same thing. That that's who you have to listen. To, which would mean immediately once we lose the Sanhedrin, we lose. We don't have this anymore, right? You said Menachem who means wherever the the Mishkan slash base Hamikdash is, wherever the Shechina is. Yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. The Sanhedrin goal has been by the. Uh, the, the Mishkan. It would, according to this, we don't have the mitzvah anymore. L'chayro, right? Because we don't have a Sanhedrin Agado, we don't have the, the great Sanhedrin 71. It would seem that we just don't have this authority, we don't have this body anymore, you don't have these people to, to um, the body doesn't exist, so we don't have the mitzvah anymore. The Rambam elsewhere writes something else which modifies, which expands this. The whom? Says the Rambam elsewhere, not just the Sanhedrin Agado, the 71, um, um, Man, does anyone sage Sanhedrin is within this mitzvah? But says the Rambam, any time you have all or the majority of the Torah leaders of Kleisra all agreeing unanimously to something, you also have to. This mitzvah kicks in as well, which is a, a big eye opener, and that means it would be relevant nowadays. According to the Rambam, the Rambam writes, if you have Kol or Ruban Shalchachme Yisrael, if the majority of the sages of Kleistrol, all or the majority of the Kleistrol sages all agree to something, then that also becomes halachically binding, and it is within this mitzvah of Asiza Kachosha Yerucha. The Ramban disagrees with this. The Ramban says it's only the Sanhedrin Agadol. He makes that clear. The Ramban says <clears throat> that it's um, it's anyone that um, anyone that any time that you have the majority of Chachmei Yisrael getting together the majority of Chachmei Yisrael getting together they also have the ability 
to um, to to create a halacha that that we have to listen to now. And that's con- included within If you have the majority of the Chachmei Yisrael. So that would mean, conceivably, this could still be relevant even nowadays, according to um, according to um, the the uh, the Rambam. If we had the majority of Chachmei Yisrael, if we had the majority of the G'dayli Ador, the majority of the accepted Jewish leaders would all together create a halacha, we would have to listen to that halacha, according to the Rambam. That halacha would become halachically binding according to the Rambam if, again, if you have all or even most of the accepted Torah authorities. Now, um, that's also not such an easy prospect. A, to get the majority of the uh, the Chachmei Yisrael together to agree on something. Except, this is a key word. What? It's not acceptable, but that's a key word. And it has to be the majority of the Chachmei Yisrael that are accepted. What, what makes the Chachmei Yisrael, the G'day that have been universally and unanimously accepted by all the the sects and, and walks of life within Kalei Yisrael. If you could pull this off, then according to Rambam, this would kick in even nowadays. Um, but, but what's the definition of the the, the leaders of the, the Chachmei Yisrael? We're talking about um, people that are considered Kalei Yisrael. We're talking about people that are observant, orthodox. We're not talking about you know brands of Judaism which are outside Judaism. You know, obviously, reform, conservative. They're off the spectrum over here. They're 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 not included within this. We're talking about within Orthodox observant Judaism, or, or observant Orthodox even. So we know good. We have Litvisha, we have Hasidish, we have Svardim, we have Ashkenazim, we have Taimanim, we have Bukharim, we have everybody with their Nisoira, everybody with their Minhagim, everybody with their Chachamim and Rabbanim. If you have a majority of the accepted Rabbanim and Chachamim from each Division of Klai Yisrael getting together and agreeing upon something coined the Rambam that would also be halachically binding. But again, it requires that, and also requires that 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 happening in an authenticated way, not just a poster going up that has a lot of signatures on it. Um, COVID, COVID was the reason that's So that happens yeah. a lot of times that everyone gets on one page, but you really have to. It's not always indicative of the fact that they really signed it. Unfortunately, unfortunately, sometimes it is, but sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it isn't. I just saw, you know, I get this. Um, I get it. I get it. It's 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 known that that it, sometimes people get are, are able to obtain signatures of rabbanim and put them on signs, and it, sometimes it's dubious that they really signed it. They not really signed it. Yes, this is a little bit of the um, uh, inglorious, maybe underbelly of what happens politically with people that are trying to push things. But it can happen, and, and I, I saw recently, I, I get this uh, emailing from uh, the Tyra of Victor, the Victor Miller's Tyra. And uh, I don't think it's the first time I saw this, but um, in the last few weeks, <clears throat> they had a back and forth, a dialogue with Victor Miller about the uh, the Eruv in Brooklyn, the infamous Eruv um, in Flatbush. That, uh, it took about 40 years ago, right? Yeah, that, that Ramosha said, Ramosha had issues with this Eruv, he said you can't use this Eruv. And um, people wanted to promote the Erev nevertheless. So um, they made a whole list, a kol kari, it's called, of, of Rabbanim that signed something that said, you're not allowed to use the Erev, you can't be Zemach on the Erev. Anyone that uses the Erev is, is, uh, is, um, is uh, in violation of everything that's, that's sacred to, uh, 
to Klaisel and Torah and everything else. So they made, <coughs> excuse me, a, a proclamation that went out. No one's allowed to use this Erev. Despite that, there were a button that, that, that did back the Erev up. It wasn't, um, you know, Ramesha disagreed, yes. <coughs> Correct? <coughs> now, Ramesha disagreed. Not, not Flatbush, Borapart. That Ramesha disagreed with this, but there are bottom that disagree with Ramesha? Okay. Now, Ramesha was the accepted God of America, but there are bottom that nevertheless did back up this Erev. And <coughs> there, there was in the last, uh, whenever this went up, um, after Moshe's Petira, people wanted to reinforce the idea that you can't use this Erev, so they made a, a sign with a lot of signatories on the bottom, a lot of Rabbonim that signed it. No one's allowed to use the, 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 the Brooklyn Erev. We have Rabbi Moshe's Psak, Ein Lanu El Moshe. And Rabbi Victor Miller's name was on the, on the sign. So they asked Rabbi Victor Miller, so should we use the Erev? Should we not use the Erev? Some Rabbonim say it's okay. So he said, he said back, you know, Aaron Mesoira is... Is uh, you know we go with Ramosha, we we follow what Ramosha said. Well, they asked him about um, about his name on, on the sign. I remember what, what, why they asked him? They asked him something why his name was on the sign. I don't remember why. But anyway, he said he said I don't know why my name's on the sign. I never signed it. He said but but the Rub's name is on there. He said yeah, I don't know why my name is on there. They I, I they never brought me anything to sign. I didn't sign it. Some some. Um, Individual decided to put my name down there, but I did not sign it. See, this is, he said this Befeirish. He, he did not sign this. Another one. Even if he agreed with it, he didn't sign it. Yes, he didn't sign it. So these things happen. It happens sometimes that our bottom's names are put down, and their signatures are put down. And, um, and, um, proclamations and declarations that they actually did not sign. It's, uh, it's known to happen. Yeah, whatever. There's, 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 there's stories like this. Um, but without, without getting distracted by all these stories, um, we're just qualifying this Rambam. That's all. The Rambam says that if most of the Chach Yisrael <coughs> would get together and agree upon something, that would become halachically binding. It would go back into um, the Shemar Talasis Kechol You have to listen to Chacham. But oh, we're, just, we're just pointing out that it has to be the majority of the accepted Rabbanim that are accepted universally by all the the, 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 the segments of, of Orthodox Judaism and, and Jewry. And B, you have to know that they really said it. You have to know that they really said it. It has to be authenticated. But that's the Rambam. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> the Ramban seems to disagree with this. The Ramban says, no, it has to be who it has to dafka be the Sanhedrin Agodal of 71 in, 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 by the base of Mektosh. So according to the Ramban, it would seem that this is not relevant anymore. We still have it like the Rambam. Potentially, we don't have the Smiths anymore like the Ramban. The question is, um, what about all the mitzvahs to Rabbanan? So according to the Ramban, what about every single... Um, I'm sorry, before that. Sorry, 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 sorry. sorry. Shulduks. Um, okay, let, let, let's shift sideways for a moment. So it would seem that that that, that the whom, in terms of who do you have to listen to, that's a machlekes, Rambam and Ramban, did it stop with the Sanhedrin Agadol, or is it, there's the potential for this mitzvah even nowadays as the Rambam? Now, what about the what? What do you have to listen to? What what exactly do do um, they have the power to tell us? <clears throat> See, here also we have a, a, a very big machlekes. The Rambam opens this wide open. <clears throat> the Rambam says that what do you have to listen to from what the Rabbanan tell us? Says the Rambam, anything, any mitzvah they make, any takana they make, any gzero, any, any, any um, um, <clears throat> uh, decree, 
institution halacha that the Rabbanim make, even if it's purely rabbinic, anything that they decide, that they rule upon, says the Rambam you have to listen to is within this mitzvah. And the Ramban disagrees. The Ramban says, no, it can't be, says the Ramban. You're telling me that anything, any gzeira, any takana that they make you have to listen to? By the way, even in the Rambam, who is, who is the liberal opinion over here, who really opens this wide open, and the Rambam who says that anything they say you have to listen to, Jay is correct. It says from the Rambam that you only have to listen to them when they're creating a, a takana, a mitzvah. They're saying this is, uh, you know, this is, this is a rabbinic law. This is an institution. This is going to be a decree. But like recommendations, endorsements, advice, that's not within Vasisa Kuchalasha Yarucha. It has to be something that can be looked as at, at Torah law, even if even if just rabbinic. But it has to be a rabbinic law, a decree, a, a, a mitzvah, a mitzvah to But in, again, an endorsement, um, <coughs> advice would seem from even from the Rambam doesn't fall within this mitzvah. But anything that is within the realm of a mitzvah, a takana, an institution, a decree, a takana that you would have to listen to. The Rambam said the Ramban goes on and on and on to, to, to rip this Rambam apart. The Ramban, again, disagrees over here, and says, when do we have this mitzvah to listen to the sages? Again, even if it's only the 71 panel of sages, the Sanhedrin Nagoda, but when do we have the mitzvah to listen to them? Only when it's what? Only when it's something that is within interpreting the Torah itself. Anything the sages tell me about interpretation of the Torah, application of Hashem's Torah, the Tariq mitzvah, that's within this mitzvah. That's what I have to listen to. Everybody understand? In other words, so if the Rabbana tell me, this is how Tzitzis works, this is how Tefillin works, this is how Shabbos works, this is the Malach of Lush, this is the Malach of Bishel, this is the Malach of Boirer, I have to listen to all of their details, interpretation, and application of what? Of the Mitzvahs Da'araisa. But anything they tell me on their own, that we want to make an extra Takana, we want to make something as a Takana, even if it's a takana that's relevant to the Torah, but if it's rabbinic entirely in nature, such as muktza, muktza on Shabbos is not in the Torah, not a daraisa. It's rabbinic, but it's rabbinic as a safeguard to the Torah. But according to the Ramban, that's not that's not included in loisasur, and not included in loisasur. Loisasur, according to the Ramban, is only when they're fleshing out, detailing, interpreting, and applying the tariq mitzvahs. So the Torah tells me you have to listen to whatever the Ramban tell you is Torah law. Even if I disagree, oh, who told you that that's called Bishel? I disagree with you. The Rabbanon said it's called Bishel, I have to listen to them. Who told you that it's called Basr V'chalof? Who told you that it's called, that the Basr, if is including Basr V'chalof, even poultry is included in Basr V'chalof? Who said, if the, the Chacham say, poultry is included in Basr V'chalof, i got to listen to them. That's the Ramban. Everybody understand? If they say it's the Raisa, or they're saying it's the... Anything they tell you is within the Daraisa you have to listen to. In other words, the Torah is just telling me, I have to listen to the Rabbanon in their interpretation of the Daraisas. I have to be macabre their interpretation. But if they're going to say something on their own, that's not including Lois Oh, very good, very good, very good, very good. Excellent. Um, excellent. We'll, we'll hold off on that for a moment. And the Rambam, so we have a huge Machloikis Rambam and Ramban over here, right? A huge, huge, huge Machloikis. According to the Rambam, Dochamon, what do I have to listen to? Anything the Chacham say, any Takona, any Mitzvah, any institution, even if totally rabbinic like Vokza, you have to listen to them. According to Ramban, I only have to listen to Chachamim when they're coming to interpret Torah law, when they're coming to tell me how the rices work. 
So as Rabbi Maskwitz is pointing out, there's a Peladik Akasha on the Rampath. According to Rampath, what's binding about Muktzah? Why do I have to listen to Muktzah? Why do I have to listen to, to um, let's say you hold, we're talking about poultry and, 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 and milk, right? Everybody knows meat and milk. Basit B'chav, you can't have together. What about poultry with milk? So the way we it's pass them, it's only the Rabbanim. It's only rabbinic. If it's an egg, yes. If it's an egg, an egg and milk you're allowed to have. That's right. That's right. It's a good souffle. That's eggs and milk, right? Yeah. It goes for you, Jake. Yeah. But what if it's that chicken and milk, right? Uh, a chicken cheeseburger. So uh, you don't eat chicken cheeseburgers, right? You're not allowed to do that. But according to the, it's a machlech in the Gemara. <clears throat> if it's a, a derisa derabbanon, the way you pass it's only derabbanon. It's only rabbinic. It's rabbinic as a safeguard to keep us away from uh, uh, beef cheeseburgers, cheese beef burgers. According to Rabbanon, why do I have to listen to that? That's not an interpretation of the Torah. That's a takana. Let, let's uh, let's take it even further. What about something like Hanukkah? Hanukkah lech, lighting Hanukkah candles. Near Hanukkah. Where does it say that in the Torah? Where does it say that in the Torah? Near Hanukkah. Nowhere. Nowhere! Excellent. That was the right answer. Okay, good. Good, good. It doesn't say that anywhere in the Torah, right? Um, there's, there's no mitzvah in the Torah to light near Hanukkah. It's a mitzvah derabbanan. The reading the Megillah on Purim. Purim is only derabbanan. Uh, the, the, the four cups on Pesach, the Dab Kaisis, it's only derabbanan. Brachas in general? Brachas in general. The Kenzain is only a Durabanan. Kenzain is only a Durabanan. Certainly, the Bracha Rishayna may only be a Durabanan. Mazain is a Shahakal. Second day Yamtiv is only a Durabanan. So, according to Rabban, why are we keeping all this stuff? Why? Why? Yes, the Torah tells me I have to listen to the rabbis, and the rabbi said, second day Yamtiv, the rabbi said, you can't have poultry, cheeseburgers, cheese, poultry burgers. You can't have, you can't, you have to read the Megillah and Purim, you have to light Hanukkah candles, Muktzah. The rabbi said all these things, but the Torah is telling me, you have to listen to the rabbis when the rabbis are interpreting Torah law. Anything beyond that, that's not, the Torah, Torah doesn't say that anywhere. According to the Ramban, why, why do we have to listen to any of this stuff? The Mamasha, it's, it's a pillow, a whopping, a whopper of a cash over here. Like the Rambam, it's built into the Torah. Like the Ramban, it's 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 outside the Torah, and not only that. Let's just the Ramban actually has a very interesting argument against the the, Ram, the Rambam. The Rambam again believes that anything the sages say is included in here, even if it's a takana that's outside the Targum The Ramban asks, and that's included in Leisosu, which is a deraisa. <coughs> the Ramban challenges the Rambam. Says the Ramban, you're telling me that when the Torah says Leisosur, that's covering all the rabbinic law. If that's the case, then. Then, then the whole, the, the, most of the Gemara is now rendered meaningless. In the Gemara, we see all the time the, tar, the Gemara is always differentiating between uh, a suffix darabanan and a suffix daraisa, uh, uh, an avera darabanan and an avera daraisa. Meaning, if you're in a situation of doubt, if it's what do you do in a suffix if you have a suffix if, if this is usher or mutter, prohibited or, or permitted? What do you do if I'm in doubt? If I'm allowed to eat this or not allowed to eat this? Everybody knows. If it's a Torah doubt, if it, I'm in doubt of a Torah principle, you have to go. You have to go on the side of caution. Err on the side of caution. You have to go stringently. And if it's rabbinic doubt, so you're allowed to be lenient. So ask the Ramban and the Ramban. There's no more. There's no such thing as a Suffolk Durabanan anymore. Every Durabanan is a Loisalser. Is a Daraisa. How can you ever have a Suffolk Durabanan? That's the Ramban's kasha on the Ramban, right? It's a fast kasha. There's no more Suffolk Durabanan. Everything is Suffolk Durabanan. And and um, 
every time you're over on a Durab Banan, you should get a Malchus because you're over on a Lysester of a Duraisa. So it says the Ramban, it can't be. Can the Rambam can't be right that, that every Takanas Chacham is a, is a Duraisa because then there's no differentiation anymore between that in a, a rabbinic area and that in a scriptural area. <clears throat> so it must be that Lysas is only going on the Rambam's interpretation of the Arises. Okay, very nice. Um, at the end of the day, though, according to Ramban, what is this binding force that that obligates us to listen to the Rabbanans? That why we why we why are we lighting Hanukkah candles? Why are lighting Shabbos candles? Why are we why are we why are we laying the Megillah, etc., etc., etc.? Why are we keeping books up? So there's a very big problem with the Ram, Ramban. Yet it's clear that the Ramban himself does agree that um, that. Rabbinic law is binding. Is the Ramban earlier in 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 Veschanon, in Veschanon, which is someone's uh, bar mitzvah parsha? A lot of probably a lot of people definitely someone's bar mitzvah parsha, right? That's probably could be said about any parsha. The Ramban says there's a mitzvah in Veschanon of loisay sivu If you're not allowed to add mitzvahs onto the Torah, you're not allowed to add on mitzvahs. The Ramban asks over there. So how come? What, what about what about Purim? What about Hanukkah? What about near Hanukkah? So says the Ramban, <clears throat> yes, we have to, there's, that's a mitzvah, we have to light Hanukkah candles and we have to keep Purim, but that's not Baal Toysev, because Baal Toysev is only <clears throat> when you're trying to modify, add on to a scriptural mitzvah, expand a scriptural mitzvah, like make an extra day of Pesach, an extra day of Sukkot, uh, an extra string in my tzitzis. But if I'm adding on to scriptural mitzvahs, I'm making a brand new rabbinic mitzvah, it's binding and it's not Baal Toysev. So there the Ramban does say explicitly that it is binding. He does say in Veschanan that rabbinic law is binding. The question is why? Where was it coming from? This is the, seemingly the only source, <clears throat> so why should it be binding? So there are three interpretations over here to answer this question up. Each one is fascinating. We'll go through them very quickly. Um, first of all, so Rebbe Hanan has a piece in his Sefer, in Kovitz, in Kovitz uh, Shiur, Rebbe Hanan has a piece where he goes through two, two, two uh, approaches to this. He brings in an idea from the Shara Yosher, from Rebbe Shimon Shkup, and then he brings in an idea from Rebbe Chaim Halevi, Rebbe Chaim Salavechik. Reb Chaim Brisker. He says like this. He says, um, Reb Shimon Shkup wants to say an idea that the Rabbanon that instituted rabbinic law, Hanukkah, Purim, Shabbos candles, these were sages that had, that were in touch with, 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 with uh, the right thing for, for Judaism, the right thing for Jews. And, and they had, you know, you couldn't, we can go even like maybe Ruach HaKesh, the fingers on the pulse of, um, of, of uh, how, you know, Jews need to, Look and what Judaism needs to look like, what Yiddishkeit needs to look like for Yin to thrive through Gullahs. They understood that you have to make Ner Hanukkah now. They understood that you have to make Purim now. If that's the case, this is what's called Svara. Pure logic. They, they had their fingers on the pulse of pure logic. Logic dictates that to celebrate Hanukkah we have to light Hanukkah candles. Logic dictates that to celebrate Purim we have to read the Megillah. And we know the Gemara tells us that something which is self evident and pure logic becomes a Daraiso. Svara makes it binding. It's a tremendous chiddush, but this is what Rav Shimon Shkup says, and we don't, we're not, unfortunately, we're too muddled. And uh, from the, that point in time, the one, when, since we lost the Sanhedrin Agado, we don't have that ability to be in touch with pure logic anymore. But um, back in, in, in the day, that they had that ability, they were in touch with the logic, the logical outlook of the Torah. So what they would say it was svar and svar itself is binding. Okay, that, that's Rav Shimon Shkup. Rav Chaim says a different approach. Rav Chaim actually says something very interesting. Alumnus Rav Chaim says that really. The Ramban agrees with the Rambam that the Torah is instructing us to listen to whatever the Chacham say, even if they make up a new halacha, even if it's only rabbinic. 
either Ramban says explicitly that it's only when they're interpreting scriptural law, not when they're making up rabbinic law. But on the other hand, the Ramban did contradict himself because he says in Baal that you do have to listen to rabbinic law. So Reb Chaim says like this. Chaim says that what's that, that really the Ramban and the Ramban have a much closer disagreement than it seems. They really both agree that the Torah says you have to, included in Lois Saucer, is you have to listen to the sages even when they institute something brand new. Muksa or Hanukkah or Purim or Shabbos candles or Halal or whatever it's going to be. The Machloikis is in the Lumbus. Do they have the ability to make a brand new mitzvah? Or is it all under the umbrella of Lois Saucer? Meaning, when I don't not like Ner Hanukkah, let's say I, I say I'm not like Ner Hanukkah this year, this, that's not for me. I'm too upset with God, I'm too angry, I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad week, I'm not lighting Hanukkah candles this year. So I disobey, I disobey Hanukkah candles. What did I break? What did I violate? When I, when I break Shabbos, what did I violate? Shabbos. When I, when I don't listen to Basav Chalav, I broke Basav Chalav. When I don't light Shabbos candles, when I don't light Hanukkah candles, what did I break? So the Rambam will tell you, you broke a mitzvah called lighting Hanukkah candles, and the Ramban will say you broke the mitzvah called listening to the sages. In other words, every single mitzvah, the Rabbanon is just lumped under one general mitzvah called loisosur. Loisosur, loisosur, loisosur. I just have to listen to what they tell me. I'm constantly checking what they tell Okay, I'll do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, following orders. The mitzvah is just follow orders, but there's no specific mitzvah for Hanukkah candles, no specific mitzvah for Purim, no specific mitzvah for Shabbos, etc. For Muktah, there's one general mitzvah of listen to the sages. And as such, it doesn't come with a punishment. As such, it would still be relegated to a subject. The Rabbanon, that would be the Rabban. And the Rambam would say, no, the, the Rabban actually have the ability to make new mitzvahs. There's a mitzvah called, when I, a mitzvah of Ner Hanukkah, a mitzvah of Purim, a mitzvah of Hal. Everybody understand? That's the Machalikas and Lambdas. So that's the, the approach of Rechaim. The, the Rambam about agrees that you can make rabbinic mitzvahs, but the, it just doesn't have a specific, um, get its own entry. In, in the mitzvah encyclopedia, there's just a general entry for all rabbinic mitzvahs that covers them all in the generalized sense of Loisoser. Um, finally, I saw Rav Asher Weiss has a third approach over here that he wants to say based on a Ran. He has a Chidusha Ran in Sanhedrin. And the Ran over there says that um, a Yid, that, that, that Loisoser means, he seems to say both in the same breath. He says you have to listen to the Rabbanon in their interpretation of scriptural law. That's what Loisoser includes. In scriptural law, you have to listen to the Rabbanon. And then he concludes by saying, and plus, besides that, the Torah wants me to follow all of their guidance and instructions. That's what the Torah wants. The Torah wants me to follow their advice, their, and, and, and their, their guidance, their instructions, and their institutions. So based on how the Ran presents it, Rav Asher Weiss, the Minchas Asher, wants to say that the Ran has a new approach, i.e., there are the Tariq mitzvahs, and including Tariq mitzvahs, is a mitzvah called Loisoser. And that mitzvah, that one specific mitzvah of Loisoser, listening to the sages, means I have to listen to the sages when the sages interpret scriptural law. Ending. That, that's, that's over and done with. But included in that, once the Torah says there's a body of authority called the Rabbanon, and the Torah wants me to listen to the Rabbanon, I see, including that, is that the ruts in the Torah, the will of the Torah is that the Rabbanon should be a respected body of authority, they should be authoritative, they should be respected, and they should be accepted. The Ratzna Torah, the Torah's will, and the Torah's interest is that we should listen to them. So, there's the mitzvah of Loisoser, of from the 613 mitzvahs, which the parameters of the mitzvah itself is the rabbis have authority to interpret the Torah itself. Beyond that, that's not including the mitzvah. But in the mitzvah, I hear these echoes 
of Hashem saying, but I also want you to respect the, the Rabbanans and authority, and that's my will. My will is you should listen to them. So that means like this. When they say rabbinic law, I have to listen to them, not because of the mitzvah of the but because I see that's what Hashem wants. There is an idea called Ratzonat Torah. And, and the truth is, Rav Asher is not the one that, that innovates this. We find this in other areas in Shas. There's something, there's a mitzvah. And then outside the mitzvah, something called Ratzonat Torah. What does the Torah want? What is the Torah's ultimate wishes? And if I can identify what the Torah wants, that's also binding, even if it's not one of the Tariyak mitzvahs. And according to this, the way the Rav Asher Weiss, the Minchas is learning up the Ramban, the Ramban, I'm sorry, the Ran, there is a Ratzonat Torah. The Torah has the interest, an interest in all Jews listening and following rabbinic authority, whatever they tell me, even if it's a new rabbinic law. So that would cover Hanukkah, that would cover Purim, that would cover Muktzah. But again, who are those rabbis that the Torah has that rats? And that would be depend on the first thing that we said, is that only the Sanhedrin, or is that any body of Rabbanan that is unanimously accept, accepted by Klai Yisrael, um, uh, majority accepted by Klai Yisrael. Again, it would be depend on those rabbis, but this is the approach of the Ran. And... He brings down the Minchas Chinuch also really seems to say the same thing. The Minchas Chinuch also seems to dance back and forth. He first says that Loisoser means you have to listen to the Rabbana when they interpret scriptural law, and he concludes by saying, so we have to listen to whatever they tell us, whatever they tell us. He wants to say that that's the Minchas Chinuch's opinion as well, that the whatever they tell us is the Ratzon, it's not part of the mitzvah, but I see echoes, I see an illusion within this mitzvah that the Torah wants me to respect and accept them as an authority, so we would have to listen to Takonis and, 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 um, and Sokim um, that they give us um, as long as they're uh, uh, mitzvahs again so it would have to be again endorsements still we don't have to listen to endorsements that Luchar coins everyone and endorsements advice would not be within this but if it's a mitzvah if it's something that has to do with uh, rabbinical law a rabbinic mitzvah that this is something which is Torah within Torah according to everyone you have to listen to and we have a few different approaches as to why according to the Rambam again it's part of Lois Sosur um, according to the Ramban it may or may not be part of Lois Sosur we have Reb Chaim we have Rishon and we have the Minchas Asher telling us based on the, the Ran that it could be just the Russell Torah the Torah's wishes and interests but the bottom line is rabbinic law is binding um, do we still have that nowadays? According to the Rambam, we still even would have that nowadays if the majority of the Rabbanim would get together. But if you have uh, a, a three Rabbanim that get together and tell us something, again, the mitzvah of does not apply, but it probably is advisable. So, so to, uh, unless you have a good reason to ignore what they're telling you, you want to take advice from wise people either way, but it wouldn't be included in Loisoster. Okay, thank you all for joining us. Have a wonderful week.